Hello, friends. How are you? Are you good? Are you not as good? I don't know. Um, I wish that I knew you sometimes. Who's listening? <laughs> it surprises me. It, uh, no, surprise is not the word. Shocks me how many people listen to this little uh, read with me podcast. <laughs> Shocks me. Um, and I think part of it is that I'm not particularly entertaining. I am nobody from nowhere. <laughs> and, uh, but I am reading the most beautiful, powerful book ever written. And somehow your little ears found your way to listen to this with me. And you can listen to it anywhere in the world all the time. But we're here together, so let's make the most of that. Uh, we just went through a wild ride with a flood. Oh my gosh. God wants to clean all the bad things away. He is the Clorox. Uh, and he's not shy about it. He's like, nope, that, that's just not at all what I intended. Uh, start over. <laughs> so he's done the bug fix. He's done the upgrade, uh, with Noah and his little family and we're going to start chapter 9 of Genesis right now. Um, and so to back up a tiny bit to the end of uh, where the flood subsides, <coughs> um, God again makes, so this is the second covenant of the Bible, right? He kind of made one with Adam, where he, Adam and Eve, where he said, you guys are to be my little priests, really. You are to rule over the world and um, be my representatives in it. And we're going to partner up. And um, you're going to be an extension of me and what I want. I want you to be fruitful and multiply. I want you to be, behave like I behave. Copy me. I want you to be creators and artists and poets and lovers and um stewards and and let's do all this together and then they kind of go off they lost the plot <laughs> and they were like mm, no we want to do it our way and then Cain increases that a million fold no I want to do it a completely different way and so these angels had gotten involved right angels have free will too and they misused their free will just like humans and they paired up and got mega and that's when god was like yeah no no i'm not having that so there goes the flood he wipes it all clean washes it with his holy water uh keeps noah and his little family because why noah did all that the lord had asked him to this is what we do in a relationship this is the relationship it's two-sided you do something for me i'll do something for you we are both in this together to um not to get what we want to make a good world that is the plot if you hold on to that plot line, you're going to do it right. If you lose that plot line that this is about me and God is here to serve me, mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. try that with your boss and see what happens. <laughs> um, so so um, Noah gets it right 
and he says, okay, you're the big kahuna and I'm the little servant, but God's heart is a servant's heart. So when you have all of that in place, that's the plot line of the whole human existence, life on earth, right? Um, Let's make a good world is the plot line um, for everyone. All DNA belongs to God, all animals, all plants, everything belongs to God, and he wants it to be ruled by humans in his image. So we have this sad part where at the end of chapter 8, God sort of gets his head around this thing that free will will lead people astray, and it will be our jobs as humans then to continuously spiritually develop ourselves to match his uh, our free will to his goodwill but he says here um, the Lord said in his heart I will never again curse the ground because of humankind for the inclination of the human heart is evil from youth so he knows that we're gonna be bad from youth and he's gonna try and develop us knowing that, what we're like, um, and, and he's going to try and find willing partners who will um, follow that course with him. Nor will I ever again destroy every living creature as I have done, not all at once, <clears throat> as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. And that little part, uh, chapter 822, is indented in a way that lets us know that that is poetry in Hebrew. So he um, blesses it with a little poetry, and now he makes this covenant. That's the first part of it. And then he goes on to say, God blessed, chapter 9, God blessed Noah and his sons. Wouldn't that feel good after that horrible, traumatizing event of living in Cain's world and just being consumed and terrified by the evil all around you all the time, and then God snatches you up, uh, well, I don't know that he snatched him up, though. He really, like, it takes a long time to build that ark, right? So, but he does set him aside and kind of protect him because Noah's good. <laughs> uh, this is going to fulfill his purpose. But after this long, wild ride, now they're in this new, dried-out earth that's been scrubbed clean with God's uh, Clorox, and he says to them, Be fruitful and multiply. And fill the earth. The fear and dread of you shall rest on every animal of the earth, and on every bird of the air, on everything that creeps on the ground, and all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. Which is uh, how it should be, right? Um, if we are the big kahuna, God's uh, representatives on earth. Everything is going to fear us, just like we should, if we're wise, fear the Lord. Just respect how big and powerful he is. And um, that should keep us wanting to be in agreement with him. God forbid you get on his bad side, right? Uh, 9.3. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. Okay, so that's different. What was food for us before? All, all the green plants and fruit. 
now we have every living thing shall be food for you. And just as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. So he's going to keep changing what we can eat all the way through this. He's going to, right here he's going to say you can eat everything. Later he's going to say you can eat this but not that. And for me personally, I just try to go by what he's said most recently. Um, but I do try to be mindful of what we eat because as Christians, we're not normally. And um, it wasn't until I started reading this book very carefully that I realized that um, he does uh, adjust his orders according to where we're at in our spiritual development Um where what we can eat it's just important to him and I never really thought that it was so I just try to pay attention to that um only you shall not eat flesh with its lifeblood in it so uh, things that you eat also are um things that you can consume right and so that is also part of um what you consume you you are what you eat right so Eve could eat everything but not the thing that had the evil in it because she didn't if you eat some evil you're going to become evil a little bit evil maybe your kids take that and become a lot more evil that's what just happened right so food is not just about um food it's about what you what your building blocks are of what your body is made of, what your mind is made of. Um, I hate to say mine is mostly junk food. <laughs> it's not, but it's a pretty balanced diet between junk food and nutritious food, <laughs> which is not great. I'm working on that. I'm sure we all are. Um, but uh, so the, only you shall not eat flesh with its life blood in it. We hear that in the New Testament too, right? That's one of the stipulations that they say unequivocally about what Christians can do. We need to be conscious of what we eat. We're not usually, but, but it's in there for a reason. And there's so much in the New Testament about food, right? But it's, it's this idea that it's what, um, that you are what you eat and, and are mind, be mindful of that. So what you consume, um, you can't eat something with its blood in it. You, you can't just consume somebody else's life like a slave holder would that to me is the secondary message of this is you can't the blood represents the life we'll see that very clearly in the sacrifices and you can't just um but in but before that in the pharaoh you can't just um consume people because you want them right now you want something right now you can't just take over somebody's life um so that's what the blood the blood means life right so um without blood there's no life and to have blood you need god's holy water and god's holy breath that's what's in blood and his holy food whatever he said you could eat so uh verse 9 for your own lifeblood i will surely reckon uh, require a reckoning we are accountable to each other is what god's saying we are accountable to each other 
This is not a one-way deal. You don't get to do anything you want, and I just co-sign your BS all day. That's not what happens here. That's not what happens in the New Testament either. This is Jesus talking to us if we believe in the Trinity. So this is the two-way relationship. This is what I'm going to do for you, and this is what you're going to do for me, and together we are going to rule this world the way God wants it ruled. For your own lifeblood, I will surely require a reckoning. From every animal, I will require it. Animals are responsible too. They can't just go out and pile up. The wolves can't just go out. Well, maybe wolves wouldn't be. Yeah, well, okay, wolves can't go out and pile up a big stock of bunnies because they feel like it and then let them rot because <laughs> they didn't get to them in time, but it sure was fun to, to uh, shop for them. That's not how he wants it to be. Um, he wants us to be careful. From every animal I will require it, and from every human being, each one for the blood of another. I will require a reckoning for human life. We are accountable to each other. This is what Cain was so confused about. What, am I accountable for my brother? Uh-huh. Period. Yes, we don't have control over what other people do. But we sure need to be conscious of what we're doing because we will be judged and accountable for this. And that's a good thing, right? Because Cain did not take that route and things got very ugly. So this, I think, is part of why he's saying, let's get this part straight right now. You are your brother's keeper. You cannot control what he does, but you can control what you do in attempting to just understand that you are accountable for your life and everyone else's to the best of your ability, right? So that's why even though I've been sober for 20 years, I still show up every day for the newcomer because if those old timers had not shown up when I needed them to be there, I would not be here. They were accountable for their life and the life of other people. And because of that, I exist today. I was not consumed by sin. When, when the doors of the church are open, people can be saved. So even though our little church attendance goes up and down, up and down, we go every time the pews are open, we are sitting in them because this is how you save life. You present yourself before God because you are accountable to him for ourselves and for our brothers and the animals. Everything we do, we are accountable for. That is a crazy thought for some of us. We think Jesus paid it all and we're not accountable anymore. That's not true. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. That's not true. And this is the Noahide covenant, but they all build on each other, right? So this is, uh, this is something that we need to really um, give pause and consideration to. Uh, because if we believe in the Trinity, this is Jesus speaking to us here as well. And God and Jesus don't change. Um, they evolve, but they don't change. Whoever, that's very comforting for me, so I, I like to think about that. Um, 
Verse 6, whoever sheds the blood of a human, by a human shall that person's blood be shed. So if I, so he's talking about premeditated murder here, and he'll elaborate on this later. But if I, because he's going to separate, he's going to actually make physical addresses where people who have accidentally killed somebody, say with, um, that what the example he uses is that the, the, the axe, that your axe flies off its handle and hits somebody and kills them, that's manslaughter. That's unintentional, um, unintentionally killing somebody. And you, you have protection for that. You have an actual address that you can go to and live and um, be protected from that. But if you intentionally kill someone, um, you, he wants, he's like, I'm not going to do this for you. You have to be responsible for each other, but you shall shed that murderer's blood whoa he wants capital punishment for premeditated murder whoa (laughs) for in his own image god made humankind and so when we think of the story of noah we have to we have to think of the whole covenant, not just that God would never destroy the earth again. The whole covenant is much more about um, we are responsible to ourself, for ourselves and to each other. Um, and that life is important. So, uh, verse 7, And you, be fruitful and multiply. Abound on the earth and multiply in it. This is not too hard for you. This is okay. This is the way you want it. Trust me. (laughs) Go out. Do what you want. Be fruitful. Multiply. Live your life. Be creators. Be poets. Be songwriters. Be be worshipers. Be farmers. Be shepherds. Be mothers. Be fathers. Do all the beautiful things. That's the covenant. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, So Noah and his future, as for me, this is my part. I just told you what your part of the covenant is. This this is my part. As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you. Okay, here's the paperwork. Here's the signed uh, documents, right? This is the Bible. This is our signed documents of the covenant. The birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you as many as came out of the ark, everybody, nobody is left behind. And you see this in Exodus, we will all go. When they um, make this sort of uh, new Exodus, when, when everybody's leaving, um, they, they keep saying to the Pharaoh, nope, no hoof will be left behind, we will all go. And that is reminiscent of this part in, in the covenant. We're not leaving anyone behind, we will all go. Um, I am establishing with you, as many came out of the ark, I establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. So that's the part that we tend to keep um, right at the foremost of our mind, and we forget our part. But let's not forget our part. God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you. Uh, with you. You were all in this together. You were all 
in the ark together and now you are all on the ground together you're all in this together for all future generations this does not end this covenant does not have an expiration date this is the deal <laughs> right now today just as it was then for all future generations I have set my bow in the clouds the rainbow and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth when I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh and the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh the waters will save all flesh but they will not destroy all flesh sorry that was mine uh that last sentence was mine um uh, 16 when the bow is in the clouds i will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between god and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. So, let's remember the whole covenant. We have a part in this too. This is a relationship, not a one-way street. This is a relationship. And um, it's for all future generations, for every living thing with the lifeblood in it. Yeah? Okay. Um, 18. The sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. So Ham's name means something that um, it, it represents a mindset. So all three of these boys represent a people group and people groups represent a mindset, right? We talked about that before. Like if I think of San Francisco, San Francisco is a people group that has a, a very particular mindset, which is very different than the people group of Brookhaven who have a very different mindset, which is very different from the people of Washington, D.C., who have a very different mindset. So this is what we're talking about when we say Shem, Ham, and Japheth. It's extremely important. Um, and actually, because it's such a big topic, I'm going to save it for the next. Um, I just looked at the at the clock here. I don't want this to go on for too long. Um, but anyway, so they're going to come. So I'm going to save this for the next one. But when we come out of the ark, we have three different mindsets that have sort of developed in these in these boys, and um, we will follow those for the rest of the book, essentially. And spoiler alert, Shem makes the Shemite people, the Semite people, make the Jews, the Jews make Jesus. So Shem leads through Abraham to Jesus. <laughs> okay, well, that'll be fun to, to follow how that happens. So um, anyway, um, have a wonderful day. And next time you see a rainbow, think about the whole covenant.